Today's show is brought to you by Club W. Humans have been making wine for thousands of years, and they've been confused about which wine to drink for just as long. Club W takes the headache out of shopping for wine, and our listeners get 50% off their first order right now by going to clubw.com slash badchristian. This show is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. And our listeners get their first two meals free. Just go to blueapron.com forward slash badchristian. Start cooking incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Blueapron.com forward slash badchristian. You know how the show goes. The intro music starts, and then you know when to come in. now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Here we go. go. What's up, Windy City bitches? Whoa! He's a natural, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brian, and I'm here to set the tone for the show. For all the listeners who aren't here, let me set the scene. We are in a very small apartment in Northside Chicago, and there's people sitting outside, standing in the kitchen. Everyone's getting real hot because it's really hot in here. Tonight... We are going to take questions from the live audience and find out some dark secrets from the people of Chicago. We are going to hear some 15-year-old college stories from Joey. Toby is going to find something to get pissed off about. And Matt is going to explain something that no one cares about. Also... We are going to get a punch in the face in the form of the damn news with Toby Morrell. So get your snack, get your beer. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Thank you, Brian. Wow. How do we follow that up? (laughs) Thank you, Brian. I have a special countdown today that you guys don't even know about. All right, ready? I think this is awesome, so I'm probably the only person that's going to laugh at this. <laughs> Zine! Zuby! Maniac! Hit it, Joey! <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that it's out. It's the Bad Christian Podcast! Make some noise, Chicago! <laughs> All right. All right. It's, a, it's quite a disturbing trend indeed that when people read simply the words that I write down, they feel the need to put it in an offensively abrasive and stupid southern accent. <laughs> I know that's not the way you really talk, Brian. And it's and you're not the only one. Is when people try to do this intro, I think they're trying to emulate what they consider to be some dumbass with an accent. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he was really Thank going you. for Matt wow. Carter. I know. I, he was just trying to channel me. <laughs> Not flattering, but thanks. Good. Does nobody want to ask me about my countdown? I thought it, I loved it. Yeah. What was it? Okay. I thought it was awesome because people accused us of using too much bad language. That those are cuss words in Hebrew. Ah. Uh, okay. I thought Jesus heard those cuss words, so I said Zion, which is dick. <laughs> <laughs> Zuby, which is fuck it, and Maniac, which is bastard. Maniac. <laughs> Zuby? I'm probably butchering that. I don't Zuby? Think I, that's probably not the right pronunciation. Zuby? Yeah. yeah. So that's so Zuby retarded. Is that? 
I don't, that, I don't, yeah, does maybe. that work? I don't know if that's how they would say it or not, but I just thought it was hilarious because I'm certain that Jesus heard those words and was You're like, right. he was totally cool with it, but you know, everybody else, they'd lose it if we say shit or something like that. That's right. It's unbelievable. So they actually had in Hebrew, I mean, what's the source of knowing what the vernacular that was slang in that day was? How did you find it? I use this crazy thing called Google. What? It was wild. It led me right to it. There's all kinds. What, what did you Google? Did you Google Hebrew, Hebrew cuss, cuss words? words? Okay. <laughs> I'm very simple with that. The one I wanted to use, though, was uh, Zona, which is whore, which I obviously... I mean, seriously, Jesus was hung out with Zonas all the yeah, time. So he would have known. He would have been familiar with the words. Yeah, and and we get in trouble for saying that now, and and we get in trouble a lot. And that's my first little bit here today. Okay, we've been in a band for a super long time, and we've gotten so much critical acclaim and just destroyed by critics. Critical acclaim is a, is a is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the way. yeah, yeah. You misspoke there. Critical. No, no. Acclaim we, we've gotten so much critical acclaim, good. and then we've also got so much just critics bashing us right. as well. So I, I was trying to level it out. Right. There. We, we've gotten both, but people somehow end up hating us sometimes, and it's really evident on our Bad Christian Podcast reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Today I was pulling. I was like, oh, you know, I haven't looked at those in a long time. Maybe I should. Don't ever do that. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime somebody comments or, or does a review about something that you well, good. work hard and do, I thought... It's you know, Matt's fault for putting us in the spiritual section on iTunes, man. What section did you want to be in? Uh, current events. Okay. <laughs> first of all, first of all, before I we mean, get the to damn the bad news. Ones, what's our general... How many stars do we have? There? Okay. How many reviews do we, we have? We have 741 ratings, and That's it says awesome. five stars. Uh, 693 of those are five stars. Yeah! So thank you, guys. If you haven't given us a rating yet, please go... And if you're gonna give a bad a bad one, make it funny because some of these are, are amazing. I think I've said this one before. This one I thought was hilarious. Four minutes in, and these and there's gra- a graphic condom story told in first person. <laughs> really glad my boss or daughter wasn't present for that. Never listening again. <laughs> this one. This it's one. weird because she commented again two months later. I, I'm gonna go ahead and call this person out. This next one's from Saruman 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not a nerd. I, I had hoped this was an edgy Christian podcast that would be honest in your face with witty yet admonishing uh, admonishment. These guys seem to be comfortable talking like the world and living in the world. A better moniker for this podcast would be the sad podcast. The sad Christian podcast. It would do, it would do less industry to the Christian faith. <laughs> People, she said it would do less in. If we would, if we would say the sad Christian podcast, and then she goes on to say, if they would call themselves the "We're Not Associated with Christianity" podcast, this, this, I, why don't I say she? I guess I'm assuming that women are just really it, mean. The, all Sorry the bad reviews that. you're assuming yeah, are women. Are women for yeah. sure? It just keeps going on. It's awful. I mean, Bad Christian is a podcast hosted by a bunch of confused Christians who are hopeless of ever overcoming their struggles with porn. <laughs> they want to change Christianity, but they can't even change how they live. Why should I look? This is, I mean, this is. <laughs> Why should I look up to someone who admits weekly to having had looked at boobies the past week? I made it all the way to Wednesday this week. I know, damn it. <laughs> and yet they're reading the Psalms in the Bible. <laughs> this one is, I get offended by, at Southern Baptists rebelling and cussing. Why would we be Southern Baptist? <laughs> that 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 is a That's form a- of discrimination because everybody, you all you people up here laughing right now that live in in the in the North in Chicago think every damn Southerner is a Baptist. <laughs> we are very non-denominational. Yeah. <laughs> 
and said, we're proud of it. Gave this podcast a chance for a while. Emory was great back in like 2005. <laughs> 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 they have a point. I can't. I can't. They're not that far off there, honestly. Point. I kind of that was <laughs> some cold truth there. Maybe this podcast would have been a good look. That had been good back then. If you're in college at a school like Liberty University, you will love this podcast and you'll give it six stars. They now, just bash on Liberty. Th- they're right about two things. Had you had a podcast and you could get it out there like this in 2005, it would have it would have been incredible. Oh, when I was yeah. in I was in when I was in college and stuff, it was just it was cr- we would crowd around the TV for Jerry Springer, mm. right? And we're and, which is from Chicago. Is Jerry Springer not a Chicago guy? Yeah. And so we're we're the we he's passed the torch yeah. and we're the we're the Christian Jerry Springer for the new millennium, but really, essentially. Totally. I thought this part was funny. The same guy goes, I give the beatboxing intros five stars though. <laughs> <laughs> nice job nice job on those, Toby. <laughs> 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 That's cool. All right, last, uh, there's a bunch more. <laughs> this one, like, it says, I'll just read the title of this one. Not for women at all. <laughs> Not for all women caps, A L L. This one's <laughs> called The Bad Podcast. I thought the podcast would be a good podcast hosted by bad Christians, but it's just a bad podcast by Christians. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Hey, at least she acknowledges as Christians, though. Yeah, that's true. a good side of that or one. Or he. <laughs> or he, no, for sure. All the bad reviews are women. I'm sure it is. I have a. I, you're probably. But but she's wrong about that because representing the audience tonight, I think we're. I mean, maybe not quite fifty fifty, but we're, there's yeah, we're probably forty sixty on females tonight. So I pretty know. good. Thank you, ladies, for coming yeah, out. Thank you for guys sure. for coming. We this even have cool. people. We did do like one dollar Bud Lights tonight though, so for females. It was so they, yeah, yeah it's ladies' night. That's what ladies' night. <laughs> That's at right. That Christian pub. <laughs> but we did have some people even come from out of town tonight. In fact. We had three, and I think they're all ladies that came from yeah. out of town, flew from Baltimore, Dallas, Texas, just to be here at the podcast. Wow. We got some more, more here. Where'd y'all come from? Where? Nashville. Nashville. From Nashville. Y'all drive or fly? So, fi- so five major out-of-towners, all five female. So. I mean, does that increase the pressure on us? I mean, if we suck well, tonight, it's like a wasted yeah. trip. <laughs> it, it is a bit more difficult. Realize it like tonight's a really good show. Chicago's a big uh, metro area. People, whenever and when Emory plays in Chicago, people come from out of town and stuff like that. But th- it's a different thing when you have people that came from out of town than the people that live in the building and down the block and friends of friends. So it does feel like a little bit more pressure from us. So one of our guests, Charmaine, you've been you've been to a show before in Charleston. Yes, I drove to see you guys in Charleston. Yep. In January. And so now you've come all the way to this one. <laughs> Thank you for saying it for me. I didn't want to have to say it out loud. All day, it's like so. Now, now, one thing that has been interesting on this, we always mess around and talk and joke about Joey and how when we go on tour, you get really down. But this tour, right. you've been on fire. Yeah, you've killed it. I've been on fire. What yeah. do you mean? Like just? Uh, I up? thought. Well, I I say that when Joey flies in an airplane, it is a trigger. <laughs> That's <laughs> for sure. Trigger. It is a trigger for depression. And this time, I thought when you first landed, you were kind of off, but then you pulled yourself out of it, and you've been. Yeah, on I've fire. definitely, I've definitely felt myself like uh, there's been a handful of conversations we've been in. I felt myself slipping a little bit, and then I just kind of like got back up. So yeah, I agree, and. Uh, 
Anything else you want to say about my depression? No, that was great. Wow. <laughs> so that's the end of that part. I mean, but but what do you think would be different this time than the every other time I've ever traveled with you forever? You've been depressed, and you've been the least you've ever been this 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 trip. Is there? I mean, you, it could. Can it, you name honest, it? It could be a new medication because I'm on a brand new medication. You uh, didn't tell us that. When did you get on new medication? How's it pronounced? Alcohol. <laughs> is that what it is? It's THC or alcohol? Which is it? It's a new one. It's kind of neat. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now, I forgot what it's called, honestly. I don't remember. I mean, weird names for antidepressants, but it's the same medication that, oh, I don't know if he would be cool with me. Well, I've already said it now. Same medication my brother's on for something. And so he was just like, man, we're brothers. We have the same blood. It works for me. Why don't you use it? So I did. And. That's Man, interesting. Is that yeah. could that be true? Like that, they have the well, same the, genes? The, yeah, the doctors definitely confirmed that. Yeah, that there's a higher probability that it'll work for you if it worked for your brother. So, mm. yeah, man, I could see. So that, that could be it. And then, I mean, I, I really do think that it was, it was in January and February when I started seeing a psychologist yep. and talking through some things. And so, obviously, now I've had eight to nine months to put into practice some of that stuff. And it's effective sometimes, effective, uh, not effective other times. So, yeah. but, but you think the cognitive layer on top of the medication is, is that where the real work, because the medication stays the same forever. You take it or you don't. But the cognitive work that you do, do you see that as like the way that you could actually be doing work that could be in the long run effective? Yeah, but sometimes that's, that is completely ineffective because if the chemicals just go out of whack. Like sure. some, so in other words, I think I've explained it this way, that uh, those uh, cognitive behavior therapeutic practices uh, will work if I can identify what it was that started making me depressed because then I can be like, oh, wait a second, that thought's wrong because of such and such. But if I can't identify it and it's just all of a sudden, boom, a feel feeling just landed sure. on my lap, then there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, definitely. And, or unless Toby said, just go turn to alcohol. That wouldn't be yeah. good. I this don't want to become an alcoholic. It's not that. It's not that crazy. However, that 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 THC or alcohol could be used as medicine, though. Yeah, that is an interesting conversation. We've talked about this before because, like, if we were to, uh, all right, so let's just say we're we easily identify someone that goes home every single night after work, drink a glass of wine. It's just like, do you really need that? Because if you need that, maybe you have a problem. I take antidepressants every day. Right. So I guess you can make an argument, but does that does that wine give them a certain feeling? I think alcohol and marijuana is really a just a a weird uh fluid thing because you're right. It, is it that bad? Like if you're like, man, when I get home, I just really want to eat an an awesome meal or I really want to veg out on the couch for a little bit because it was a long day. I really just want to have a glass of wine or a few beers. That's not that bad, but then it could potentially get bad, and that's where I think some people get really scared. Or you scared need your coffee that, in the morning well, or your well, Paxil. Well, here's, here's where I think people get scared. There's not a, hey, it's only two. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, my, my wife drinks one glass of wine, her cheeks get rosy, and she's starting to get, like, kind of goofy and fun. I love that, Jessica. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> she's so fun. But me, I can have several, like, beers, and I could drive across the country. <laughs> I yeah. won't. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like, I mean, it just doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't even really affect me. And so that's what's hard, I think, for people with some of that stuff. But with beer, you can become an alcoholic. Can I become an antidepressantolic? I don't you know. You know what I'm saying? I mean... I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, yeah. I mean, there is something to be said that on medication, are you the same person? 
right? You know what but I mean? If, but if medication fixes something that's wrong with you, then right. it's actually correcting something. But yeah, is but alcohol correcting can, something? Yeah, or definitely. Or, or, yeah. But is it a it can, poor? Is sure. it a poor means of correcting it? That's the question. Is alcohol? A poor means of doing it, whereas antidepressants maybe not poor means. I mean, that's that's or, what's or what if the opposite? What if alcohol is good and the antidepressants are bad? Maybe I so. mean, there's plenty of medical disastrous metal things, m- medical things that doctors used to prescribe yep. that are horrifying now. Well, anyway, no kidney stones, no stomach bugs, yeah. no depression. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a great day, great day. Hey, but listen, listen to this. <laughs> like I have. I have used my kidney stones to uh, my benefit to even trick my wife into helping me trick someone else. All right, so I'll just be honest, and this is going to sound a little prideful, but I typically invite Jehovah you have Witnesses. Huge kidney stones. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I typically will invite <laughs> Jehovah Witnesses it. into the house and kind of ask them questions about what they believe. Let me ask questions, and we'll just be hospitable and stuff. One time we were getting out of the car, and I just was not in the mood. Well, earlier that weekend, I had a bout with kidney stones, and Priscilla knows the drill is super painful. I have to take pain medication, all that stuff. So she also knows it could just come back in a heartbeat, and I have to lay down, get some more medicine and everything. So we get out of the car. The Jehovah Witnesses are, like, walking up to us, and immediately I go, oh, oh. And Priscilla's like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? I was like, the pain is back. And so the Jehovah Witnesses come up. She's just like, leave him alone. I mean, she's just like, leave him alone. Get away. He's got kidney stones. And then we just go in the house. We shut the door. I'm like, cool. What do you want to do? You want to watch a movie? Oh, my Lord. And she's just like, you did not. So I tricked her into helping me trick them. I'm, assume, I'm assuming they, those two uh, well-dressed young men on bikes walked away going, we got the kidney stone bit again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Seen that the third time this week. Hey, so let me ask you all this. How, how, how did this affect you guys for the better? Because you all are pretty even keel, strong individuals. My, now, obviously, when we were in Atlanta and I actually had to go to the emergency room, you guys obviously were right. affected by that. But when I'm depressed and feeling sad, do you guys just kind of go with the flow or does it really bum you out? I would say it probably kind of bums you out. It yeah, almost well, makes you mad. In preparation for this tour, because every single time something unbelievable is happening because of your body, right? I, I, took, <laughs> <laughs> I took my dose of alcohol to handle it and be okay. Gotcha. So yep. I'm ready tonight. I've taken my dose and now I'm feeling good. So I can handle anything that comes my way okay, from cool. you. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a few strategies that we're not going to disclose to you of how we deal with it. <laughs> All right. So we'll keep them can under wraps. Can we tell wraps. the one? Uh, yeah, we could give one. I, we could come up with some other ones. All right. So <laughs> this is going to sound hilarious. I only think you, we never told you did this. Did you just say hilarious? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> public education in South Carolina. <laughs> Man, that's hilarious. <laughs> so sometimes when we think you're depressed, we will ask you some random question about... N- Late '80s NBA basketball, and it's, <laughs> we did that on the last tour, and it worked. You say, I promise you, Joey was all totally you down. Say, the, if he didn't have Scottie Pippen, Chicago, you know what I'm talking about. What What would Michael Jordan have ever been? Why do you think the shorts on those people in the '80s were that short? Do you think that would have been any different? What would it be like to sit down with Bill Lambeer and Kevin McHale and have coffee? <laughs> I talked with you and I said, "Hey, Joey, I guess I guess the Larry Joey's a huge Celtics fan." I said, "The Larry Bird Celtics team has to be your favorite team." You're like, "Well, no." And then we were just on a roll, and you were just rolling after that. Happy, you just talk anything. See, my, see, 15, I, 20 years ago, thirty years ago, man, you were on fire. It brings you yep. back. 
And it's worked. Now you're talking about something that's outside of Joey. You're in a new world. You're interacting with other people. If, if it was that depression simple, I would do cured that every single time. That's. I mean, do you, you guys think that Priscilla, my wife, is not a schemer like y'all? She's exactly like you guys. Obviously, she's tried that many times. So my hypothesis, and I could be wrong. My hypothesis is that y'all probably misassessed. My depression. At well, the time. even on this tour, I was like, "Man, what do you think about Bill Clinton's presidency? Was that okay?" And you were back. You know the right other. Back. You know the other one. <laughs> you know the other one. I think would light him right up is like, I know, uh, yeah, like he's feeling bad. He's making a mean face. He's not talking. He's got his headphones on. He takes them off. I would say something like, uh, "Joey, what do you think about that old 9/11 conspiracy?" <laughs> 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 and you brought that up a couple of times, and I've said, "Let's don't do this right now," but. Let's do this right now. All right. So first of all, I have to confess to you, Matt, that I have since our first conversation where you're just like, that's all bullshit. And, uh, you know, basically what you think about conspiracies. And I didn't even understand. For a long time, you believe 9-11 is a conspiracy, right? Like it. You don't know yeah. who did it, but there was yeah, something now, behind the truth. Well, no, no, no. Well, initially, I would say for the first 10 years after 9-11, I was pissed at 9-11 conspiracists. Right. Oh, uh, you were? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just like, that's the r- most ridiculous. In and fact, then what, you just read some stuff on the internet, and it, you, you thought, oh, no, man, watched, this can't be true? No, watched a lot of uh, really credible uh, YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but don't, oh, don't, the don't poison the well entirely. I'm curious of the people that are here. We have a live audience now, so it's not just us on the internet. How many people here think there might be some really funny shenanigans on the 9-11 thing? How many people in this room? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. There are are a lot of statistics on it, but how many? There's there's seven, eight people out of 50. And I'll say this. First of all, after reading that book, I'm more on the fence. Wait, hang on. One more. How many people are into some, they have some pet conspiracy theory? How many people have some conspiracy theory they think probably is true? Denver Airport. <laughs> what are the other ones out there that people are into? The JFK. The JFK. Oh, ones. Yeah, what yeah, else JFK do we got? JFK, definitely conspiracy. Fake moon landing. Oh, yeah. What else do we got? Anything? But anything specific? Just like Walmart. Just like <laughs> Wal- <laughs> Walmart, Walmart controls the news. Not on my watch, sir. Not on my damn news watch. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Sam Walton. <laughs> Any other pet conspiracy theory? What are any anything else out there? No, we got no Mason people here. We got no chemtrails people in the building. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Joey. All right, so I'll, I'll just rattle off. I would say four of of the weirdest things that I think about nine eleven is first of all. Um, the timing of, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I loved George Bush when he was president. I really did. I think he's a super likable guy. Uh, guy. I think the, the office of presidency, you either have to be corrupt to get in that position or after you get in that position, you have to know something. I think someone approaches you and say, listen, you're not in charge here, sir, and if you don't like that, we'll kill you or something crazy like that. Yeah, Walmart. So, yeah. <laughs> So uh, the timing of a lot of George Bush's stuff that day, first of all, uh, it's, I, I think it's validated that he was in the car on the way to the elementary school when the first plane went in. All right, So basically everybody's hearing about this, and then he hears about it for the first time in the classroom. Then in an interview right after the whole elementary school thing, he said, yeah, on the TV I saw the first plane fly into the building. 
at that point, no one knew there was even video footage of the first plane flying into the building. So either it was a major mistake, which I can sympathize with because I've made mistakes like that and he just wasn't thinking correctly, or there's something weird that maybe he actually did get to see it or uh, something weird, but he actually said that. You can YouTube it right now and he talks about seeing the first plane. So that's one. Because that's we all know there's one, if there was ever one president that never misspoke, it was George Bush. George. You misunderestimated him. Um, and then there, there were a lot of people that uh, did some really crazy um, stock trades and backing out of stocks with um, the airlines and all that sort of stuff. So that it was almost like people had some sort of a tip. And maybe they did from Taliban and all that sort of thing. All right, so there were phone calls made from the planes that were going down. A lot of people would say that you couldn't make phone calls at that uh, level which they were calling and there was at least one documented phone call where a son called the mom and actually said first and last name and the mom was like why are you saying this you don't even sound like my son why would you say your last name so it freaked her out so that was kind of weird and then i would say uh the last one and honestly before reading this book i would have a list of like 20 things and now i'm like eh, maybe it wasn't a conspiracy but the pentagon is really crazy because the only footage we have is like this blur and then all of a sudden a flash. And there for sure was cameras all over the Pentagon from a gas station across the street, convenience store and all that stuff. They were immediately confiscated by the FBI and the FBI won't cough it up. So if, if they want people to you know, not believe in conspiracies, all they have to do is say, hey, here's all the camera footage. Just what, We don't have anything to hide. But instead we have one camera shot of a blur and a bam and that's right. it. So it's just kind of weird. So there's definitely some weird stuff to it for sure. For sure. For sure. I, th I mean, there's a way more than that. I mean, I could come up with some better ones than that even though. I mean, the, we, I think the one they say that jet fuel burns at 800 degrees and steel columns don't melt till right, 2500 degrees. That book helped know? me with that one though. Okay, good. Yep. So deep Thank the Lord. Okay, right. <laughs> And then the the other the, I think what's crazy about conspiracy theories in general is just like uh they all had they all follow the same plot line the JFK one everybody else it's like uh there's a small group who is acting together in secret to gain power over a bunch of people or gain power or wealth at the expense of the general public and people and like harm right. you know what I mean like there's not conspiracy theories. Other than that, that's, they all follow a certain pattern. They all have tons of different explanations that don't even agree with each other. The only thing they have in common is they don't agree with what actually happened. Is a weird thing. And then one thing I, I quote a lot is it, there's almost maybe no theory this existed as a pop culture conspiracy theory that's been proven true. To be sure, there are conspiracies. Right. Watergate was a conspiracy. Anytime two guys get together and say they're going to kill somebody is a conspiracy. The Gulf of Tonkin was a conspiracy that the United States, our government's done, had has had conspiracies within it for sure. But nothing has ever exi existed as uh, nothing has ever existed as like a popular thing that a bunch of Americans talked about or knew, and then they, upon further investigation, ever became. True. I'm still unaware that that's ever happened. And what it points to that's really interesting is that it's really essentially the kind of thing where when people feel powerless or out of control, they tend to believe stuff that's really radical or crazy. To, or to every time it. someone was about to tell, they shot them. Right. 
I mean, there's a million reasons why I don't think any of that stuff is true at all. But mainly, it, it just, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a flaw in human stuff. When unbelievable stuff and you feel powerless and you feel scared, you'll, you kind of put together something. You, it's just like when you wake up from a bad dream or a, from any dream, you kind of put together the events of your dream. All right, well, instead, say, instead well, of making... maybe it was this, this, and that, or whatever. Instead of your overreaching depiction of conspiracies, talk, let's talk about the Pentagon cameras. Why wouldn't the FBI just say, here you go? I mean, I have no idea. Have to. But, that doesn't, point, but that doesn't give any conclusion. How many other clues, though, though, that the FBI doesn't show you? Why wouldn't the FBI just do it? Why would they? Why, why it not? It doesn't give any conclusion to say that somebody's <laughs> not giving information doesn't lend itself to a conclusion that George Bush did it to go get oil or whatever that right. is. Right. You know what I mean? The only right. one I've been investigating that I actually think is true is I swear to you, I think Blimpy Sub set Jared from Subway up. <laughs> that, that no, I'm almost certain of that. That dude. No, you can see evil in his eyes. We all know that. <laughs> you know that for sure. Hey, one thing that we do on these is take questions, and we would love to even get that started. If you, anybody has a question right now that you want yeah, to ask, mic right here. Raise your get hand. Oh, no. Somebody already. All right. Yeah, pass it back, and we'll get it started. Get your good questions, <laughs> non-statements. All right. We do advice too. That's one thing that that you know. If you ever listen we, to we Love call Line, it wisdom though. If you ever listen to Love Line, they always get to give advice. Nobody ever asks us. Oh, I've got this friend at work. I'm sleeping with him. What should I do? Nobody ever asks us that. But yeah, feel free. All yeah. right. So uh, this question is for Joey. What's up? Um, you can say your name. I'm Nathan. I'm from Melrose Park. All right. Uh, so Joey. Yes. What is your favorite podcast episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, bro. I he cracked himself up. I he love lost. that. That's one of my favorite. He fell things. out. He fell I'm out. I'm just kidding, man. Uh, you balance these guys himself out. Right you, up. You balance these That's guys my out. brother, man. He cracked himself up. That's what I do. That's awesome. That's what I do. No, but uh, okay. So for real, this is for you, Toby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for real. Now he's gonna oh, go yeah. off on you. What the hell were you thinking? You son. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, so uh, Matt started his own podcast. Yes. Uh, Joey is starting his. Yes. How about you, bro? Am I starting my own podcast? And and a follow up question: If you're not, uh, my question is: If you would, what would it be about? Well, I'm actually kind of doing a podcast, but it's very slow, and I'm going to go ahead and say it because that maybe will get the fire burning. Uh, <laughs> It's we've done a few episodes, but we have not put it out yet because it's a little bit out there. Uh, as you all know, it's weird. I would have never thought this, but I'm highly emotional and outrageous sometimes. And the number one person that gets that the most is my wife, Jessica. So we are actually doing a podcast together, and it's going to be called the Bad Marriage Podcast. <laughs> Woo! So it it's intense and uh so we're going to be doing a few different things i won't give it all away now but we've done some test episodes and are trying to kind of work that out so that probably hopefully will be coming out it's very hard to do a podcast with your spouse and i and my wife uh 100 is a natural at this she's better i think probably maybe all of our wives would be better if they just don't have confidence in themselves i'm way better than my wife no you're not <laughs> bridget on a of podcast would be amazing if, if it was just bridget Unfiltered. Oh my God! Yeah, it'd be it amazing. Pretty, it'd be pretty wild. <laughs> it would be yeah, amazing. Be good. You're right about that. At, Joey pulled a prank on his wife about kidney stones a day. Matt pulled a prank on his wife about having we we added two shows and he's not going to be home for a couple of days. And she just started getting really frustrated on stuff. And he kept it going. And he was like, "Hey, I'm just kidding." She was like, "Fuck you, you piece of." <laughs> 
<laughs> you piece of shit. I mean, it was like unfiltered Bridget would be the, one of the most entertaining things in the world. But Agreed. our wives don't have the confidence that we do, and, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I don't have know it, if I'd call it confidence, maybe unawareness. Or yeah, maybe. Yeah, we're, we're ignorant, <laughs> is what we are, for sure. So that's probably coming. And then there might people have asked me, and I've thought about doing like a bad news, uh, um, bad news, a damn news, uh, po- maybe it is bad news. A damn news podcast too. So there's a couple in there, but they're just kind of going slow. It, it, doing a podcast with your spouse is tough because we have three kids, we have a bunch, a bunch of jobs between the both of us, and so uh, at the end of the night, uh, after a, a long day, the last thing you want to do is record yourselves arguing. <laughs> so that's what it is. But what we are going to try and do is have couples, and you know, uh, maybe we we, we kind of came up with all these questions to ask couples that could potentially be uncomfortable and we're going to try and get people maybe that look honestly answer those in front of each other and record it um hoping that there'll be a car wreck basically like nascar you want right. to see people yes. get in fights yeah that yeah jerry springer that, that's kind of yeah. what we like to it's have like for NASCAR, sure. yeah, so you wouldn't feel bad of trying to set people up no i, getting mad I at promise each other? you uh, the misfortune of others is one of my favorite things to watch <laughs> i i know that's terrible it's really funny. <laughs> like you, you'll be on an episode and say, "Last couple that was on this actually are going through a divorce right now." Today we're welcoming so and so. Oh so, yeah. When, yeah, when something totally. bad happens to somebody, I like watching that YouTube. So, anyway, <laughs> all right. What about another question? Who's got another one? Do I say my name? Yes. Yes. Tierney from I live here in the city. Nice. Thank you, Tierney. In Edgewater. Um, so I've heard you guys do certain podcasts where you're talking mostly about religious stuff and then you do some music stuff and my question has always been why don't you bring atheists like on those conversations when you discuss different aspects of religion like there's a Calvinist episode and I know just talking to a lot of people there wasn't like a true Calvinist on there have you guys ever thought about bringing somebody outside of Christianity Ooh, we have Herb Silverman, a professor of <laughs> College of Charleston. That's a right, but that is relatively token compared to our total roster. Is right. What oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. So, so more but, atheists. Right. But Can I clarify? Go ahead. Sorry, where this question stemmed from for me was I remember there was a podcast where you guys were talking about how every church should have an atheist on True. staff, where it really challenges people to think about what they believe in, and both of them get the... I guess, swap off on sure. preaching or speaking. And so that's where that question came from. Could you guys see yourselves yeah. doing something similar? Well, real quickly, we were just bullshitting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't <laughs> listen to it. I just heard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just well, kidding. That, that's the, that, Toby's r- really actually right when he says that. We're not do- – I mean, I don't have like uh, – people say, you should have more women. You should do more this. You should represent – I don't need to represent anything. I don't care at all. Like I'm not doing this podcast to be an – Average representation of the American populace or the global. I don't, I'm, that's not. That's not all. I'm trying to do is talk about what's interesting to me on th- this Tuesday. I mean, that really is it. And I think that's some of the power in what we do is just the uh, not the. You know, I, I'm not. We don't have to play the part of this and show this or, or anything like that. We, it's a very little agenda base, is what right. You're I mean, we, I don't. I just don't feel the need. Uh, to do anything other than what would come natural. Because so we're it, not a podcast for the people. I, I'm, for, I'm a podcast for the people that would be interested to hear what I would have to say. I, but the second, I mean, the second why I try to like get too far outside of it and take it seriously and say it has to be this and it has to be this and it has to represent this, then I think you get, it, starts, it starts to get pretty weird. So I don't have any, I, I mean, I promise you, if, if it sounds like it's going to be fun or funny to me to do the same 
one joke for a ton of times in a row, then we're just going to do that. So I, what I'm, what I, one thing that I like about our show is I don't feel hostage or slave to, and we don't have, you know, in the way that large media has big sponsors. We have, we have a lot. We have the BC Club. We have sponsors. But none of them are that big of a deal. Like, we have a lot of people that give us $7, $14, what, stuff like that. And I, there's nothing I appreciate more than that. However, I really like the idea of that, that we don't cater to large donors or large corporations to, to, to speak, their, speak their voice. Like, this podcast is designed for me to do what I think is fun or funny or interesting. It's not designed for anything else other than that. And that's not di- – I don't mean that disrespect atheist people that hold different dispositions, but that's, that's, I think that's the good thing about it. So I don't think you'd want us to think – like if we had to represent this, then we had to represent that. And then, then all of a sudden we become some weird you know, conduit to do a bunch of stuff. I don't know. That, that doesn't make sense to me So if that answers your question at all. Hopefully you don't find that disrespectful. I know you're a BC Club member, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> we'll see you next month. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. But that, that's yeah. what I really think. I, I really I feel somewhat idealistic about the fact that I want to have this podcast so I can say whatever I want to say. Can you see the value in having someone who would have a different, I guess, opinion? Not so much that you would have to represent an atheist point of view, but just to have someone to have that intellectual discourse on the same topic. If it's fun, yeah. If I feel like it, then we, yeah. For sure. And, I, I mean, we have atheist friends, and that will that, that's going to happen naturally. I think that's we wouldn't want to force it. And so, yeah, if that ends up happening, for sure, that, that would be and really good. And we do represent that. You have to admit we represent that much more than most and, Christian podcasts. And, right? Okay. This is the only one I listen okay, to. Okay. And, and you're and you you're an atheist yourself, or what? I am a deist, okay. which is like flirting with atheism. Okay. Well, thank you for being a listener. Your listenership and club membership uh, validates your point to me that you're still listening to the show, and I thank you for it. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? My name's Dan. I'm from Joliet. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I have a marriage. No, not Joliet. Uh, I have a marriage advice question. Okay. So I've been listening since June. You're asking us? Yeah, yeah. It, it just it fit well with your segment. So. Um, I drive about an hour and 15 minutes each way to work, so I spend all my time listening to the podcast every day to and from. There have been two instances my wife's gotten in the car, <laughs> and uh, the first one was the ex-porn star uh, right. episode, and the second one, I don't know what it was, but you guys were asking each other what the percentage was that you might actually get divorced. <laughs> So needless to say, uh, both those episodes were immediately paused, and we had a fight in the car. <laughs> so uh, how, should I, uh, how should I handle that? What should I tell my wife? I would hide the podcast from her. Right. Let <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean, just. Maybe wait for Bad Marriage Podcast and yeah. right. tune her into that one. Well, what was she? She was mad about it, or she just didn't understand why you liked she, she it? Thinks, she just thinks that porn and divorce are things you just don't joke about. Right. She takes them very seriously, which I understand. Both her and I come from, uh, we're products of divorce, so it's, you know, it hits home. But I think it's hilarious. Right. It keeps me porn and divorce? Together, yes. I right. agree. Yes. <laughs> I think that that is our take on everything, and hopefully that's what people understand is we are going to make light of everything. Nothing's. I hope that nothing's off the table. There's probably some things that are, and I can understand when something's a sensitive topic, but if it's that sensitive, and we've said this before, that means that that divorce 
pain or that that it, it hurts to touch it owns you more than you own it. And that that's what I that's why I make fun of everything because I don't want anything to to hold me so tightly that you can't talk to me about it or hey wait a minute we can't make fun of this because I think honestly when you when you can laugh about something everything feels a little bit better. I, I, I promise you when I see people laughing. That's a good thing. It always is. It doesn't matter sure. almost what it's about. Now, laughing at somebody, mis- misfortune or something really terrible and, and hurting them, yes. But, I mean, if you listen to what we say, I mean, I'm a, my parents got divorced. My parents had a terrible marriage. It was There, there was times where I, I literally have memories of being pulled back and forth. No, he's going with me. 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 I mean, just and just hateful things that were said to each other and all these things. And well, I don't want to dwell on that. I mean, I, I want to think about the hilarious things about my parents and also even make fun of that. That's a, a hilarious thing to think of a chubby white kid, middle-class white kid, just going, blah, 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 blah. like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. I mean, that's okay. I, I, I think once you can make fun of something, then you 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 control it. You own it. It's, it, it's not in your heart as deep. I mean, stuff like that will always affect you. So I, I think those things. And then as yeah, a little I mean, kid, you killed your mom. Come on. <laughs> we, we don't take it as a bad thing. I, I, we don't take it as a bad thing that it caught. This it is call- recorded. I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God people in the South don't know what podcasting is. And my mom will never listen to this. The district attorney has no clue. <laughs> it's not a bad thing that you got in a fight. It's not. It's probably good. Because well, that means there was some yeah. there was something there for you guys to talk about. So we're glad that you got in a fight. Hope y'all all get in fights. Yeah. I hope y'all listen to our shit and get in fights. That's that's what we want. I actually just chalked it up to her being a, a stupid Packer fan. Oh <laughs> no. Dude. Yeah. Sorry. Too too far. That took it too far. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But we do hope people we of course what we do we hope is for conversation and if it, it causes fights with people, that's that's part of the road of being married. So Hopefully you navigate those fights well. That's your business, but good luck with it. Yeah, just tell her if she doesn't start liking our podcast, you're going to look at porn and divorce her. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Some people have got to go to the bathroom, start with me. I call first. Second. And Toby's second. And we'll be back in just about seven minutes from now. Back, Everybody back in your your legs. All right, guys, Toby, Joey, we got a new sponsor. This one is Club W. Very, very excited Mm. about this because you know that we like uh, wine. I like alcohol. I like I wine. Love wine. So we drink it a lot at home. Interesting thing is, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but they've been making wine for like 9,000 years now. That's how long people have been making wine. And I assume people from this whole amount of time have had the same problem I have, and that is picking out which one is good and which one is not good and agreeing with your spouse on what that might be and how to pick Dang. one out. Club W has been making wine not that cl- long. Not Club Very. W, humans. <laughs> <laughs> so, Toby, did you and Jessica get some wine from there? Tell us about it. We sure did, and it was awesome. It's a really simple process. You just go on there, answer a few simple questions, and they basically, from your answers, pull together some wine and send it to you. And I want to tell you, man, it is all good. They sent us wines that just kind of catered to our taste buds and what we like. And you're right, we didn't have to make the decision, which ended up, honestly, 
being so easy and fun. Like I didn't have to go to the store and say, okay, I'm going to pick this out. Hopefully she likes it. Maybe I'll like it. What it like it, none of that was there. We got sent to us, and they were catering to our taste buds. So it was really good. It was a lot of fun. Sure. This is like a lot of things that we sponsor that sponsor us that I, I think is so great is cutting out the daggum middlemen people and having good companies with smart products that are for the consumer and come straight to you, especially on stuff like wine because – Let's face it, there, you know there's a certain amount of bottles you're going to go through a month. So you get that figured out, and then you'll always save money versus going to the store, paying the overhead, and whatever else you'd probably get popped with when you walk into a grocery store just to get a bottle of wine. And right now, Club W is offering our listeners 50% off of your first order. <laughs> when you go to clubw.com oh, forward slash bad Christian, you don't want to miss out on that, guys. It's just so easy. Matt, you hit it right on the head. You don't have to go anywhere. You get delicious, amazing wine, honestly, at an unbelievably affordable price. That's what's so crazy to me is I walk down the aisles like at some of the stores, and I go, am I going to pay that much? What is that? And I get this great wine that I know is good for a, an amazing price. Yeah, let me yeah. tell them again. Just go to clubw.com slash badchristian to get that 50% off your first order. And here's what's really neat. They even have a no-risk, 100% guarantee that you'll love what they send. There's zero risk. You can't go wrong. If you don't like the wine, you can send it back. Full refund. That's great. So one last time, guys. Just go to clubw.com forward slash badchristian to get 50% off of your first order. <laughs> okay, guys, you know this about me. I am not good in the kitchen. I never have been. I, I can make banana sandwiches, and I'm good at a banana sandwich, and that's it. I mean, I can make cereal for the kids in the morning, but I can't do anything. But I, I cannot tell you how awesome it is that we are sponsored by, and I have Blue Apron. Yeah. I mean, it is just amazing. It literally makes me feel like I can do something in the kitchen. I mean, yep. I, all these years, my wife... I felt like we were on the verge of divorce because she constantly <laughs> has, to fix, she has to fix every meal. She works her tail off, and it takes so long because she's coming up with our meal plans and all the stuff. Well, that's where Blue Apron has come in. It is so easy It'll save and your affordable marriage. and amazing. It might be saving my marriage as we speak because for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron sends you fresh ingredients, perfectly proportioned, making cooking healthy meals really easy and fun there's no trips to the grocery store no waste from unused ingredients plus and this is what's happening for me guys i'm learning to cook oh definitely with all these specialty ingredients i'm telling you mm, i that's good. sometimes struggle with the vegetables blue apron knocks it out of the park that's with true. vegetables they knock it out of the park i mean i couldn't believe it. it had these big like uh chunks of garlic and it was just sauteed spinach and i promise you i ate the whole thing and got seconds and you don't see me do that with the vegetables ever. It was so, so good, man. I was just so happy. And what's neat about it is they send you all these different meals. You get different ones the next week and the next week and the yeah. next week. It's so cool. Like this week, you could get crispy chicken breast with Formanova beet and pistachio salad and crema fry, fry cheese. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm, we're going to leave this in here because some of these meals are hard to say because there's no chance I would ever have even come close to trying to fix What's this. What's crazy? But with, Blue Ip, with Blue Apron, they send you pictures, step-by-step -step process. These recipes are so easy to follow and so well done. You can't go wrong. You're fixing food that you never could have dreamed you would have fixed. Yeah, what's crazy, the aroma and the air, you're actually thinking, I'm making this. Like This smells like a high-class, rich-people sort of restaurant, and I'm making this, and, and the ingredients are natural. So you just you put like these leaves in the pan, and it starts smelling the air like just perfectly, and you're like, I'm doing this. It's just, it really is good, and I've said this before. 
It's the best food I've ever eaten. And it's pretty, <laughs> it just great. is. I mean, I, I really do mean that, and I made it. It's crazy. So check out this week's menu and go to blueapron.com forward slash badchristian to get two free meals. Dang. Let me say that again. It's our treat, really. The first two meals are on us when you go to blueapron.com forward slash badchristian. All right, we're back, right? Okay. You want to do a, a real and we're back? Yeah. Let's do that. Is everybody ready? And we're back! Chicago! Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to take some more questions from you guys. But before we do that, I got a, a thought that's kind of burning in my brain from basically some of the conversation today and assessing, you know, talking to my wife when I'm gone. Things seem really stark to me, and I just go, what are we doing? What are we talking about here? My daughter, Georgia's two. She just goes into a school. She's in a co-op school. And my wife's talking to me every day. She's saying, um, well, she needs to interact with more kids in this way, and we got to make sure she does this. And in her, in her development, this happens and this happens and stuff like that. And it sounds super weird to me because when I'm looking at people in the world, when I'm interacting with people in the world, I'm thinking, gosh, these people are really screwed up. These people are... The people I feel, I, I'm serious. <laughs> I feel the same way, and I feel like the people that I interact with and the people we meet with Bad Christian and what's really out there is people that are maybe not doing so well. And I'm thinking, people are so easy to screw up, is what I'm saying. And I have a two-year-old, and I don't want to screw her up. And I'm trying to figure out what is the important stuff that I got to do to take care of her. So, But what I really think about it is there has to be stuff that screws you up, and I, I don't know what it is. So, like... How, how many people out there, like you have a, your parents have a big part in why maybe you're screwed up? Right. Nobody so, raised their hand. A lot, a lot, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Every, a, a lot of hands here. So I, I feel like everybody's screwed up, and this is the way I'm thinking about it. I'm saying, how many people of, of you guys are screwed up because your parents were um, controlling and strict and distant, and they told you what you needed to do, and they weren't really there? How many people is that in here? Make some noise if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Making noise listeners. isn't really the appropriate response. <laughs> but I for, appreciate it. For, I, know, I know this is an audio format. For audio, it yeah. might be, Say, potentially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make, a, make some boo. So, I mean, like, how, how many of you guys had parents who you feel like you're screwed up now because your parents were distant and they were not there and they were neglectful? How about that one? Boo. Okay. That's all, some of them are the same people. But how about that one? How about you, your parents had personal demons? They had addictions. They had problems, and they were not involved enough with you because they had their own shit going on, and it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? A whole nother big group of people. How many? This of your is pa- now the sad no, Christian I podcast, know. I know. It is sad. That but iTunes it, it is listener sad. was right. It is sad, but how many of your parents let you have too much gluten, and that's why you're messed up? How how many of your parents let you have too much screen time, and that and you too many cartoons, and that's your problem? How many of your parents gave you too many vaccines? You know what I'm saying? And so that's what that's just the thing that is, like we, we I feel like I'm so crazy the kind of stuff we're consumed with when we're dealing with people and kids and it just all feels like a crazy smokescreen. Yeah, that, I, Priscilla do you understand and I, what I'm yeah, saying? Priscilla and I it's conceded, driving me crazy lately. We conceded to the fact that I think every single kid, including our four, 
they will grow up as adults and they will say something along the lines of mom and dad could have done such and such more or such and such less. Every single kid, But period. it's not the stuff that you're thinking about when you right. talk to Priscilla. And, and, That's yeah, the weird thing. Yes, and I would say if we're striving for them to avoid that, is that really a good thing for them to grow up in a household to where, oh, yeah, everything was perfect. Oh, crap, now everything in the real world is not perfect. So I don't even know if it's something to to shoot for your kids growing up in a perfect household. I'm not saying to be a lackadaisical parent and not care, but to strive for perfection. That's first of all, pointless. And second of all, I don't think helpful to your right. kid. I just think it's, I just don't know. Like the, the things you're always focused on don't seem to be the things that ever matter. And right. that's troubling to me as a parent. What school do they go to? Oh, my parents sent me to the wrong school. That's not, that's not anybody's story of why oh, my parents got divorced. My parents did this. My parents didn't. I mean, that's the stuff you got to worry about. And so I feel like a crazy person when I'm, I'm looking at all the, the minutia of stuff that, that we're talking about as parents. And it doesn't seem like it even matters. Matt, I, Matt I, just, just Maybe I'm a down, bad parent. Calm down and just be there for her. <laughs> I, okay. Well, well, here's the thing. I think just like marriage, it is skewed and we are we, we have a standard that's not right. Oh, man. Like Because it, everybody with, with marriage or with parenting, there's this ideology that is supposed to be this amazing thing like your dad and your mom are supposed to be these people that you can turn to and they're just these amazing people that have wisdom and will help you and get you to all you know help financially emotionally spiritually and all this stuff and, they, and the truth is they're just messed up people like everybody else but nobody wants to talk about that because you're a parent at that point so the 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 right answer is the number one thing you should do with georgia or i should do this with my kids is reveal how many bad decisions I make and how right. th- and the things I mess up on a ton. Like I, I mean, my I, I came from a a, a really. I, I guess I would have to say it's not even a bad family. But my dad didn't say I love you. Like the only time sure. I ever I heard my dad say I love you one time, and it's when I ran away from home. I was I, I only ran away for about. <laughs> seven hours because I didn't know where to go. <laughs> right. So I ran away and I called my family just to tell them I was alive and I, my dad said, I love you on the phone. But I mean, that was it. We just didn't do that. But I thought, man, I need my dad to tell me he loves me because this and this. But the thing with him was he probably was like, I can't do it. There was there was a mental block. There was life. There was what was going on with his parents, all these things. And if he would have told me that, I would have saw that he loved me. You know what I mean? Like if, if he could have revealed, hey, here's a weakness and this and this, like it, what was funny. And, and with that being said, too, I never even told him because I was too embarrassed. He didn't tell me he loved me. So the one time I told my dad I loved him was this was in high school and he was taking me to school the night before I had a nightmare that he was attacked by a pack of dogs and killed. <laughs> and you and can laugh he, at that. That's yeah, funny. for sure. He wasn't he wasn't killed by a pack no. of dogs, but uh, I. So the next morning, you know when you have those dreams and it seems so real that you're like, oh, it's hard to, when you wake up for a few hours at least, it's like, what was that? It, it shakes you because it seems so real. So I was sitting there. He was dropping me off at school, and I remember sitting in his Ford truck, and I was like, uh, okay. And I just like, I have to tell my dad I love him because he's going to potentially be killed by dogs today. <laughs> I really did think that. I thought it was might be a prophetic oh dream. And I'm sitting there, and my dad's like, all right, see you later. And I was like. Okay, uh, you got a busy day at work, <laughs> and I was like, I got it in my head, just screaming. You got to tell your dad you love him because he's gonna die. He's gonna die, and I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, hey, you got to go in, man. I got to get to work, and I was like, <laughs> I said, all right. 
Dad, I love you. And I just left, <laughs> and I got out of there. And I was like, okay, uh, if he dies, he doesn't know. But but my point is... It, <laughs> hold on. I'm astonished that you thought what you needed to tell him was you loved him, not watch out for the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I didn't think about that. I don't understand that. <laughs> Dad, I know you'll be at work, but there's going to be a pack of dogs. Go the other way. Just... <laughs> Just, uh, but but the problem is with that is that nobody. I mean, we I, for sure there are things that were just the shittiest about my parents, and I I have really struggled with a lot of resentment in, in certain things for sure. Like I, I I really have, and part of that is because I really did. I even held them to a standard that they couldn't live to. I, I mean, now at this point, I'll, I'll be forty in March, and I realize, oh yeah, they're just people. That is a such a weird thing when you realize, wait, these are my parents, these are my parents, they tell me what to do, they're supposed to help me, they're supposed to do all that, wait a minute, oh, hold on, now I'm an adult, oh, I get it. They, they, don't, just, know what they, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, essentially, I don't either. Essentially, humans are really easy to screw up, mm. and the people that are going to do it are the parents. It's just devastating of a thought. It really yeah, is. but there's no way to avoid it, no matter what. Right. I think even the best parents, like I really do think your parents are awesome, yeah. And there's some stuff that they messed up really? on, yeah, and there was no sure. way they weren't going to. But yeah. I'm telling you, our our generation of parenting... I mean, your, par- we, your kids are screwed, right, Joey. <laughs> our generation of parenting, we are overly obsessed with being the perfect parents. Right. I mean, just, we just are. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. The, the minutia that we focus on, is it doesn't make any sense with the reality that I observe when I'm on tour, when I meet people, when right. I counsel people. It makes no sense, the stuff that we talk about, the co-op school and the development of the. It just doesn't make any sense. And I, I tell you, that here's a tip. If you do a small group, if you have a group at your house, because they're always out of stuff to talk about and it gets into silly prayer requests, go first. Tell them about how your parents... I mean, this is serious. I mean, it's a real tip. Give them... Tell, say, what we're going to do today, we're going to go around in a circle. I'm going to go first. We're going to tell about how what our family life is actually really like. And you just go first. And then the next person will go, and that will be crazy. And the next person will go, and you'll be amazed at that. You really will. Just that That's a whole thing you can do one week in your small group. It's amazing. I've seen it happen more than once in more than one group. It's crazy. All it takes is some boldness and some leadership. Just explain what your parents did that was crazy. It's endless, which is terrifying to me because I'm a parent. But that's you know that's where I'm at. That's just where well, I'm you, at. You could stop doing physically dangerous things with your daughter. That'd be no, a no, good no, okay. first step. On the other hand, I would say I think Bridget and I are doing a great job. We have a kind of a hands-off parenting thing. Yes, we're very we're a little different than other people on it. We Han- don't hands-off <laughs> meaning. Let her terrorize Toby's house. How does? <laughs> okay, I'll put it this way: uh, Georgia uh, just turned two. And we, I think she's turning out actually really good. She, I mean, like, uh, for instance, she almost always makes it home by curfew. <laughs> Matt, Matt, and Brid- Matt and Bridget brought Georgia to our house, and, and we love Georgia. We love Bridget. We love Matt. But they sat on the couch, and Georgia was just everywhere. I walk into my bedroom, and I look into our master bathroom, and Georgia's standing there smiling at me with my toothbrush in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Matt. And Matt walks in and goes, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, man. No, yeah, you don't have to apologize, I guess. We've been friends for a while, but I mean, I mean, could you reimburse me? I don't know. That was a Colgate. I don't know. So, all right. Who has another question here? Who's going to light us up? All right. We got one right here. Hey. 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 Oh, my gosh. You guys are here. All right. <laughs> this is. I don't know what's actually happening, but we'll go with it. 
my name is Melissa Sergis, and okay. this is my husband Ben. Double Down members, booyah! Sweet, All right. thank you. And I would, I actually have a request of you, Toby. Oh my lord! So we've been listening since episode thirty, and in the eighties, <laughs> the first thirty sucks. And you're like, no do way. not go back from that. Yeah, not yeah. gonna do that. I have a huge request. Oh my god, can you please just say? the bad christian podcast without like slurring it because since the 80s 90s episodes i just have been craving that without slurring it you, oh, you mean be creaking what she's saying is she doesn't actually even have any comprehension if it's possible for you to say it the regular way like she, what she's imagining is like uh, when you're at church on a Sunday and somebody says, uh, "Hey, Toby, what else do you do other than lead worship at church?" She goes, she thinks you look at that person and go, "Oh well, I do a podcast with uh, with Joey, the lead pastor. It's called The Big Christian Podcast." <laughs> she doesn't think you're capable of saying the words in a straight I, manner. Well, I'll just say I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> That's the way I say. I lead worship at a church, and I go, "Hey, everybody, let's get up, let's stand up and worship." You're at Seacoast. <laughs> I just do that. That's just natural. I can't help it. Sorry, that's just me. It's okay. And then I have one more question. Who does that damn duck voice? Uh, Matt. No, that. Really? He's a real duck. Yeah, you mixed just it not in here. really well. All right, Dicky the duck. Thank he's a good guy. Dickie. All right, go ahead and check in with Dicky real quick. Oh, oh, he's on the phone. Hey, Dicky. Oh, let me put it on speakerphone. Put it on speaker. Yeah. Hey, Dicky. <laughs> what the f you want? Oh my! <laughs> very good. Very good. All right, we gotta Dickie, go, Dicky. We gotta go. <laughs> Golly, he, he's so inappropriate, Dicky. You can't. He's so inappropriate. You can't bring Dicky on things and, like and, this. And just so we save the next question, can we get a real quick check in with Neil? Oh. Hold on, I'll call him. I'll call him. Oh God, man! Oh, he's already swearing. He's busy, and he knows it's my number. I'll put him on speaker. There you All go. Right, put him on speakerphone. <laughs> Let me see. Hey, Neil, we're in Chicago. Are you around? <laughs> <laughs> we're in Chicago, and this deep dish stuff is bullshit. Can you can you hook us up? <laughs> Hey man, I'm trying to do these extra large orders. Me, (laughs) next question. Next question. Hey, hey, for the record, one of those recent episodes was a real pizza guy that sounded exactly like Neil. Steve, and we about Steve is a legend. Steve, Steve is, is a oh legend in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, so so you guys are live, huh? Hey, man, you guys are live? <laughs> this is cool, man. Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> All right, next question. Who's got another one for us? Let's Anybody? do one more question, then we'll get on to more right. important things. Ben? Oh. <laughs> we can do two. We can do two. You got All it. Right. Uh, this is for Matt. Uh, what podcast do you listen to? I started listening to the uh, Rethinking How podcast off of Joey's recommendation, yeah. but what kind of podcast do you, uh, you guys I, both start your questions so softly, yeah, I can't y'all believe soft it. Talkers. Um, I listened to the, the uh, as we talked about in the previous episode, Joey got me into stoning millennials. 
<laughs> what was the other one? What's the other one he got me into? Uh, uh, rethinking marijuana. Oh, uh, <laughs> <it wasn't that. laughs> you know, I forgot. The podcasts I like the most are. I, I think there's a lot of good comedy podcasts. Every if you anybody who's ever gets asked what podcast they like, they they say Radio Lab. I like the one l- like that that are produced really well. That's something to. I, I think that's something incredible that people can take the podcast medium and take it to another thing, like where. Because really, right now, I think we're in the infancy of podcasting, where everything is just like people goofing off, and then w- weird people that like those people listening to it. I think it's weird. I don't think most podcasts are very good at all, and that for sure includes this one. And I do really believe that there's a uh, time coming in the future where it'll get better and better and better. So I, I tell people this a lot. I think this era of podcasting is like Hogan's Heroes and Gilligan's Island and just it's just goofy stuff. In the future I think we will we'll have the breaking bads and we'll have the Sopranos and the people that really figure out how to do this stuff in a way that nobody's ever thought of. And so I, I like to look for podcasts that spend the time and effort and develop them them really well. So of course people that goof off and I like them are that's good. But I'm I'm looking forward to people figuring out how to do something in a new way. I think Dan Carlin with his hardcore history and common sense are amazing. Like they're just they're just there's a million possibilities. I haven't thought of them. I hope I do, but that other people have and will think of that that are pretty incredible. So I'm I'm looking to the future for the really good podcast. Right now I think everybody's kind of goofing off. Yeah, I listen to the Sex It Up podcast and and the Bone Zone. That's why Joey? I didn't ask you. Oh, okay. Security. All right, there was one more question we're going to do, and then, then we're going to get on to more important things. Hi, I'm Ellie Hall. Um, Talk right into it. Did you say Ellie Hall? Ellie Hall. Awesome. Um, that was weird. Okay, so in the my last... My question was weird? No, no I, it's weird hearing my voice next to the speaker. Oh, gotcha. Um, so I was listening to the last podcast, and you guys were talking about War Room, and um, Justin was talking about how, uh, or someone, uh, I think it was Toby was talking about the fact that his um, mother-in-law was saying it was like such a meaningful, like impactful movie, and I was wondering if it was actually really even impactful, because pretty much the only people who saw it were Christians, and they already believe in all this stuff anyways. Mm-hmm. So why do we make these movies that are, like, just targeted towards Christians? Because no one's going to see them anyway. So what's the point? The point is to make a shitload of money. Yeah. (laughs) It does. It's working. Definitely the point. For sure that's the point. I mean, the, the the phrase speaking to the choir, preaching to the choir, whatever it is, that that's that's there for a reason. I mean, it's... I uh, see. I disagree. I mean, I, I, I think... I, I totally reverse my position. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I agree with whatever he's about to say. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Cool. Why did they You're make right. the war room? No, I, what I'm saying is I disagree that it's just about money. Now, I think that there's a possibility that part of their motivation isn't money because that's what they think, but maybe they're deceiving themselves. But I don't think that these people get together and say, hmm, how can we make a bunch of money? I just don't think that. At the end of the day, maybe that is their motivation. Yeah, I agree with Joey. (laughs) I think we all agree with Joey. I mean, I'm definitely rethinking hell now, so... (laughs) (laughs) There's nobody... No, there's no atheist or person that's thinking maybe I uh, about this going to watch the war room. You're exactly right. It's for Christians, made by Christians. It is that is what it's about, and that's why it's doing so well because 
Christians think, hey, let's go sell this thing out so it'll it'll be impactful. But nobody's thinking, oh, you know what? I don't know if I believe in God or not. I'm pretty much kind of on evolution and this and this. But uh, Kirk Hammond's awesome, so I'll go check him out or something. I don't even know if he's in the movie, but nobody no, nobody's thinking that. that. Sure. No, I mean, of course you can temper my hyperbolic statement that it's all about money to not say these people are the shittiest people in the world and it's awful. But you can see very clearly trends of there's this movie, there's that movie, and I, you, you can find it. If you, if you look for it, you'll see that they're understanding now that adding a little bit of budget can result in you can sell out the theaters in advance because the churches will buy them. The money's always behind this. I've been in the Christian music business a long time. I've been in that business. I've profited from it. I don't go play a Christian festival for Emory. This makes me sound terrible because I think lives will be changed. I do not go for that reason. I go to a Christian festival to play the Emory show because they will pay me to go. That sounds awful. 100% true. So I don't think anything different about the movie directors. Maybe it makes me the worst person in the world. I totally disagree with you, and we love playing those. We really want to spread the gospel. So any festivals... (laughs) Any festivals thinking about picking us up for next summer? I'm we just want to share the love of Jesus. <laughs> I do think, right, exactly. Well, I think to uh, to add to your point too, that's why a lot of politicians We're screwed. We are screwed. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I think a lot. How of many did politici- we do this year? How many did we do this year? Zero or yeah. one? It doesn't matter. It potentially could be because of the stuff that you say <laughs> on this podcast. Re- <laughs> it might be. I don't know. But the Just only reason you're worried about it is because how many might we get next year? It I'm worried about matter. it because, yeah, well, it's a very true statement. I'm worried because I would like to make money. No. <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah. Those people are probably not very honest about the well, I, do. I think Joey makes a good point. I think it's okay to make money. I think even myself... We are a little bit too critical about Christians making money because that is a weird pairing. I'm getting paid and also sharing the gospel. That's a weird, unique thing that is hard to judge. And and, and so I don't I don't blame somebody for making it. A movie is really expensive. It costs a lot of money to make. And if you are a a movie maker, uh, and you I guess well, I don't know what they call it, producers and directors, whatever that would be called. I guess that would probably be the right term. Um, I think it's okay to make money, and I'm glad the movie did well. That's fine. I don't. I don't have any resentment against that. I, has anybody here seen it? What is it about? Has anybody it's seen about it? prayer? <laughs> <laughs> okay. One. One. What's it about? It's about. Sp- oh, okay, that makes sense. Spiritual warfare, <laughs> and so that's why it's called the War Room. So okay, but I mean, and maybe it's a fine movie. But like I said in the other podcast, I've seen some of the Christian movies. I'm just not that big of a fan. I'm. I'm just not. Only because it feels like it, it has to hinge on this message of at the end, everything's okay or it, it was made better. And I don't think that's real life. I think a lot of times that doesn't happen. I mean, the, the movies, I, I've, I've said this before, but when I first wanted to write music, I was writing all these songs about what I was actually going through. And it was the, maybe it was even cheesy, broken heart stuff about a uh, girl that broke my heart or family life or all this stuff. And I went in and sat with a pastor and said, hey, I have all these ideas for songs. And I think they're about God, but, you know, it's just about my real life. Some of them get kind of dark. And he said, hey, that's fu- that's great. It's totally awesome. Every, everybody's life gets dark. Just make sure that last chorus says how Jesus fixes everything. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not how I feel right now, though. Sure. That's not how I feel. And, and you need movies and you need songs and stuff 
how you feel right now. I mean, sure, Jesus does a lot of stuff in people's life. People's lives are changed, and you need help and all this stuff. But, I mean, in the moment, maybe you need a song that just kind of relates to you. So uh, there's a couple of hands. Let's, let's take a few more here. Okay. I just want to say that that story is for sure from more than 15 years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you even talking nice. about? Nice. Um, Thanks for pointing that out. I, I right want to chime that. in, kind of, what, if that's cool. It, you Wait. can only chime in with a question. You're not, this is, is it, can we? Yep. Like, like that improv game? Is we it, only ask questions? Y- your job is to ask a question, and we'll, we'll answer it. Okay. Um, I got me on the spot. I was going to say, I, uh, did you know that I read a book? Um, oh. <laughs> um, Touche, Brian. So Touche. Just a quick like image. Like if you walk into an art museum, there's a little section that has pictures of stick figures with a smiley face on it, and you ask the person who made it, and they say, "You know what? I don't care about the quality. It's all about the message." You know, but you can't compare that to the Mona Lisa. I think, like with music, a lot of Christian artists are trying to say like the quality matters. And we've seen a movement, even in worship music, of like people that care about the quality more, and it's starting to improve. I think that might happen with film too. Um, I haven't seen any yet, but maybe the day will come when the quality is just as important as the message. Because I think you can make a good movie that has a good message, but I haven't seen one yet. Right on. Brian, you should start a podcast. Does anybody have a question? (laughs) All right, we'll make this the last one. Okay, are you guys ready? Yeah, ready. We were talking at brunch about Matt Chandler's uh, little pedophile scandal. Who? Matt Chandler. Oh, okay. That dude in Texas. And we were having a conversation about whether or not constitutions in churches should be like a legitimate thing that churches hold their members to. What do you guys think about that? I think the church should be deconstitutionalized more, deinstitutionalized more, um, or at least have more expressions of the church that's just not so corporate-based. I think how churches are right now, there's no choice but where they stand to keep operating like a business. But I think that it would be great, and it has happened and is happening that more churches are just organic gatherings of people that don't need to set up a list of bylaws and all that stuff. I don't think all that stuff is bad, but I certainly don't think that's so. The church way. discipline is goes how? Just Matthew eighteen. Just, just, there it is. Okay, talk to your brother. Oh, he's it, not listening. Bring someone else. Oh, he's still not listening. Okay, bring everybody. But, oh, he's still not listening. See ya. But it's okay for that not to be tied to an institution, in your opinion. I don't understand what your question. Like they don't have to have formalities for your church or her church or that other church down the road. It's oh, there's just, definitely formalities. It's just though. Toby Matthew 18's you. Sure, I think that would be healthy. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the question maybe you're getting at is that the um, we've seen as churches get larger and institutionalized that there are sometimes abuses of that and problems arise from it, and they they definitely do for sure. I don't, I'm not sure that that means that large groups that organize shouldn't have some formalities or that's wrong for them to. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not wrong. I just think it would be good for there to be other forms. Yeah, I, that I believe so that, that, that church discipline and things that are in the Bible can and could extend beyond the boundaries of the local institution. 
I wouldn't go as far as to say they shouldn't have policies or regulations or rules or things they go to. But I'll go far enough to say we've seen some pretty bad abuses, and especially the larger things get, the harder they are to control and go by a protocol or a system. It does cause it, we've seen it cause major problems for sure. I'll tell you what else cause, causes a lot of problems is um, my, my upbringing when my dad used to call me names before he said, I love you, because he would tell me I love you a little too much. Because it was always before he would call me really horrible things. Your uh, dad is awesome. I hope he you is, never listen. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. But the second thing. Virgil that, Svensson rules. Yeah, he does. The second, follow him on Facebook. Everybody look up Virgil Svensson, V I R G I L Svensson. They don't know how look to spell Virgil. Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing that really causes a lot of problems is. <laughs> Hello, Chicago. In a world where one of your best friends talks shit about his awesome dad. <laughs> just to joke, get a laugh or two. Just to get a laugh or two. My name is Toby Morrell. And this is the damn news, Chicago. <laughs> get my ass a Corona. <laughs> All right, we're, we're running out of time, so I only have a, a few newses here. Like Guys. seven or eight? Yeah, like ten. <laughs> Uh, I thought this first one. Wait, I, I actually don't know the answer to this, and this is really a bad friend thing. Are either one of y'all left-handed? No way. I write with my left hand. That's it. You, that is that so makes you left-handed. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You, you, you. I eat with my right hand. I throw a ball with my right hand. I do everything with my right hand except for right. Does it make me left-handed? Are you stupid? I'm not I, stupid. I do everything else with my right hand. Huh? You're left-handed. No, I'm not. Why would I throw a football with my right hand, throw a baseball with my right hand, catch with my right hand? You're supposed to catch with your right leg. Huh? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Here, here's why. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to go on a tangent here. I, but I use scissors with my right hand. Right, but the, the sport, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When somebody gives you a pencil, it's for you to decide how you use that pencil. Right. And you choose left-handed. Now, when you're playing sports and when you're doing up, other though. stuff like that, you what uh, largely what you're doing is copying the other people that are teaching you the thing, and thus you use your right hand. There's a lot of people that most left-handed people do a lot of stuff with their right hand because that's the status quo. You're a left-handed person. No, I'm not. Okay. If any, if if anything, I think that maybe I'm right-handed, and my teachers should have corrected me from writing with no, my left hand. No, that is not because I've always had really bad no. handwriting as well. No. No. I'm telling you, I do everything with my right hand. No. Are you right hand or left hand? Wait, you do everything with your right hand? <laughs> Except for right. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's got a point in there. He's got a point. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you say you're right hand or left handed? Which? Uh, well, usually people say, what hand do you write with? And no, no, no. I'm asking you, are you right hand or left handed? What? Are you right hand or left handed? What? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, how to that. I'm satisfied with that answer. Moving Let's on. Moving on. Teacher allegedly suggests that a kid is evil and sinister for being left-handed. <laughs> so, Joey, you might be from the devil himself. All right. And, and this is right above Texas. An Oklahoma mother alleges that a teacher at her four-year-old son's school was told to stop writing with his left hand because that's the hand Satan uses. Ouch. How do people know what hand Satan uses? Where's that? Is that biblical? I want. I kind of want to know that. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Hokama resident, Alicia Sands, who is 30 years old, said that she asked her son, Zaid, who normally writes with his left hand, why he was using his right hand to complete his homework. I just asked, is there anything his teachers ever asked about his hands? And he raises this one and says, his left hand, and says, this one is bad. When the concerned mom asked the unnamed teacher at Oaks Elementary for an explanation, she was allegedly sent an article describing left-handed users as evil, unlucky, and sinister. How many left-handers we have here? Make some noise. Yeah, not many because you guys are demons. (laughs) The article cites the devil as one of the worst offenders of using his left hand. (laughs) I like this. This He just said, what a terrible offender. What more proof do you need? It breaks my heart for him because somebody actually believes that, the mom said. For thousands of years, the devil has been associated with the left hand in various ways and is normally portrayed as being left-handed in pictures and other Im- images because obviously God is the right, you know, God always uses his right hand. He says the right hand of God and stuff like that. So that's kind of what in the 17th century, it was thought that the devil baptized his followers with his left hand and there were many references and in superstitions to the left-hand side being associated with evil. So I this is where I get weirded out by Christianity and weirded out by religion and all this stuff because, I mean, seriously, you cannot help that, right? So, I mean, that nobody can – I mean, well, maybe Joey can. Maybe right. you're right. by. But, right. but yeah, Joey's by. Yeah. But for sure, like you're born left-handed or, or, or that's just right. what you end up doing. And somebody to associate evil with that – I mean, this kid, he's only four years old. Right. He might – I mean, in the right in the worst circumstance, what if his mom would have believed it? Oh, hey, teacher, you're right, right, oh, or something like that. That is how superstition and terrible stuff gets associated, and that's why everybody thinks Christians are, are outrageous. Well, don't lose your Christianity just yet, because okay. it's common across all cultures that they discourage left-handedness. They always, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's, it's discouraged. Some cultures say women are bad and right kill them. It right. does kind of suck because, like, if you're writing with a uh, really um, heavy pen, and you you're writing like this. You're just smearing it the whole time. I mean, it sucks, man. If you use right hand, you don't have that problem. I read an article one time. You don't know le- what left-handed people end up dying a lot because they're using right-handed stuff, right? Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. All right. Do we have any uh, roving reporters tonight? I know somebody sent me some news, Charmaine. You sent me some news, and I have it pulled up here. Would you like to read it? The news that you sent me. All right, here, pass that over to her. Here you go. And this is a huge save because my computer is dying right now. Thank you, Charmaine, for being here. I had another news story, and my computer literally just died. I know. So it worked out for me, basically. Yes, it did, my friend. All right. Okay, so this is by uh, Uprox. A 78-year-old Costco customer got punched over free samples. (laughs) Okay, if there's one thing that Costco's free samples prove is that none of us deserve nice things. <laughs> That's because two men in a Burbank Costco got into a fight over tiny pieces of <laughs> 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 over tiny pieces of Nutella waffles, sending one of them to the hospital and the other to jail, where he's being held at fifty thousand dollars bond. Dang! I didn't do it. <laughs> Okay, happened Sunday morning when two men, a 24-year-old named Derek, I'm not even trying that last name. You have to try it. 
I don't want to pull a Joey. Tradition. You no. have to. <laughs> uh, Garab- Garabigi? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and a 78-year-old unidentified victim faced off again. <laughs> hmm? 78 years old? That's why I said 78. <laughs> Unidentified victim faced off against each other in front of a sample cart where, according to the L.A. Times, the two had a disagreement about how many free samples were too many free samples. (laughs) (laughs) We can end right there. That's perfect. That is perfect. How many? uh, I'm a member of uh, of Costco. I'm a proud member. I, I love it. And I one of my favorite things is the free samples. Like when I get to go there and there's free samples and they're showing out. I take a little of it's every single one. It's the best thing one. to shut your kids up. Too. Oh my gosh, I mean, they I just, love it. I unashamedly just keep going back. Oh, you like this? So we're going back. Right. I'll just yeah. I don't care if I, I take all the ladies. So samples. I understand the argument, but I mean, they were mad about how many you should actually get, right? Yeah, that's what's said. <laughs> and, how many? And once were again, too many. once again, this proves my point. How old? How old was he? Sixty-eight. Seventy-eight, 78 years old. I'm telling everybody here for the last time. Old uh, yeah. This is not the last time. You, I'll give you a chance to retract that last time part. This is not the last time. It won't time. be the last time. Old people, you heard it here, Chicago said, old people are shitty, and that is true. I don't know if you necessarily get better. There's tons of stuff that a 78-year-old doesn't do anymore, for sure. They've gotten better on some things, but... Damn it, the Costco free samples are going to piss them off and they're going to start fighting. And that's the truth. That You don't get that much better. You might improve some, but you do not get that much better. They're less jealous. Yes. Check. Sure. They don't, they don't fuck around as much. <laughs> right. For sure. Right? right. They don't get around as much. They don't go out. They don't do a bunch of stuff. But, but put those gray-headed bastards in a Costco and watch what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And they, totally. Totally. All right. Thank you, Charmaine. That was the damn news. Oh, yeah. Yep. Let me get All your right, phone Joey, back for Charmaine. Steals tell them who it's. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. You know I'm just kidding, Charmaine. We go way back. All right. So this is brought to you by David Ross, Jordan Neander, Rudolph J. Graber. Give him a hand, guys. Golly. I don't know why, but... Chris Davis, Matt Hunter, Twitch Collins. That's the coolest name ever. Yo, yo, my name's Twitch. My name's Twitch. Uh, Michael Pollock, Alejandro Suazo. Kyle Glines, Matt Galagos, Jeffrey Short. Good God. Erzik Enriquez, Miranda C. Enriquez? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you said that one right. Miranda C. Harper, Katie Bourne, and Evan Stringer. Thank you, hey, guys. Hey, I have a couple, too. Uh, Juan Nafuck and a- Adolph Oliver Bush. <laughs> oh, wait. What about your friend Candace? Candace Dickfit. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of the BC Club. That is so awesome. Hey, this is how we like to end these things. Who here has a joke for us? I, I already see the hand raised. Pass that man he the mic. He had a couple self crack ups. He's about to lose to it. He's about to show out. He's Sir, what was your name again? <laughs> Sir, what was your name again? He's laughing. Look, he's, he can't. He is about to show out. I'm Nathan. <laughs> Nathan. 
All right, this is the big joke. No matter what, we don't leave him hanging. We die laughing when we hear this That's joke. That's one of our principles. We help He will out. die laughing for all of us, but <laughs> here we go. Why did the plumber cry? Why did the plumber cry? His family died in a car accident. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chicago! <laughs> <laughs>